It's time for faith and life to connect. I first go before God, working on who and what I am before Him and what He's calling me to be as a husband. Where a Christian walk meets our day-to-day life. Dealing with that baggage can mean anything from delaying the marriage to dealing with the baggage. For sure. And where it's okay to laugh a little. Meaningless days, I look at. <laughs> I'm looking at meaningless days and live happily with the woman you love, and I'm trying to figure out how they wind up in the same set. <laughs> We're not saying that the marriage is meaningless. Heaven forbid we say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. This is The Session with Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. What triggers your potential spouse? And that you guys both agree, yeah, they are triggers, and it is, as we grow, something we have to work through. But we're going to give you sort of the grace and space to do that. It is time for Faith and Life to connect here on the new Rise FM. I'm Scott, here with Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. I'm still getting used to the word rise. Yes, that's right. You know, we we have a jar in the other room that if I say the other word, I've got to put a quarter in it. So <laughs> we, far, we, it's got $2.50 of my money. <laughs> we want to rise to the occasion. <laughs> that's <here>. right. <laughs> we're going to rise to the occasion today as we talk about uh, forgiveness once again this week. We're going to kind of take a, a different approach than we did last week with the Last week, it was the mental health benefits of forgiveness. Right. And I've kind of semi-titled this week, The Dark Side of Forgiveness. (laughs) That's right. You you may insert the Darth Vader theme here. (laughs) Uh, But before we dive into all of that, Tom, we turn to God's Word. And let's do that, Scott. Out of Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Boy, and that's, that's the crux of the whole thing. You know, this is not something that just we arbitrarily should do. This is modeling Christ to the world is to forgive as he did. And to think that what he did in his, the forgiveness and the pain and the torture that he went through was done in vain. Right. It's hard to wrap your head around. Exactly. All right. So we're, we're going to move quickly through some things by way of review. First of all, what is forgiveness? And the big, bold, underlined, italicized word I have here is it's a decision. That's right. And so uh, forgiveness means different things to different people. However, it is a decision to let go of resentment and thoughts of revenge. The act that hurt or uh, offended you might always be with you, but forgiveness can lessen the grip on you and help free you from the control of the person who harmed you. Forgiveness can even lead to feelings of understanding empathy and compassion for the one who hurt you see that's when, when you can do that you can forgive you have definitely forgiven and likely healed yes and that that healing process and it is a process right this is not something you can just i forgive and that's it's not always that quick for some of the deeper hurts and there are deeper hurts right that that will take time and perhaps time talking with you absolutely to to get through all right so the mental health benefits of forgiveness and we kind of touched on these last week so i'm just going to kind of by way of review it's healthier relationships improved mental health less anxiety stress and hostility lowers your blood pressure you don't won't have to take that med no more (laughs) fewer symptoms of depression and we spent some time on that last week a stronger immune system because your body's got something else to do than worry about what you haven't forgiven improved heart health and improved self-esteem now 
We got through all of that. Mm -hmm. Now let the fun begin. Oh, that's right. Let's go to the dark side. That's right. Yes. The dark side of forgiveness. So, You hold a grudge. Definitely. How many... Now, let's face it. We're all human. We can all go back and point maybe to situations where we've held on to something for a few weeks, a few months, a few years, a few decades. That's right, Scott. Which reminds me... (laughs) You heard from Sherry this week. Yeah, okay. I got you. So, yeah, what are the effects of holding a grudge? Well, and so if we're looking at that, Scott, it brings anger and bitterness into every relationship and new experience. You are uh, basically not your normal self. You're not as open. You're more guarded and defended in a relationship. And you're a grumpy old curmudgeon. Yeah, Yes. So we, is it easy to get wrapped up in all the wrong stuff then? Well, it is. Yeah. And be defensive where we're, you know, immediately wanting to, to make comments that people go, why are you saying that? Yeah. Where's that coming from? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So bring uh, becoming so wrapped up in the wrong that you can't enjoy the present. Yeah. So... I think it's important that we link together that there's forgiveness and there's healing. And on the communication highway in marriage, it's important that we have both a forgiveness and healing. And so some psychologists and some writers would say that if we have forgiveness and healing on the communication highway, we have closure an end to it. If we don't heal, then what's going to happen is there's a direct link between healing and fear. Maybe some of you went to a, 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 a I'm getting that look, like, please explain this. Yeah, please, please explain yourself. I hope I remember. No. <laughs> no, you may have gone to a family reunion over the holidays And you were really antsy about going because so-and-so might be there who really hurt you last holiday. So you're not real sure you want to go because the fear is they'll do it again. So you're somewhat paralyzed about going. And in some cases, probably didn't. And it's, it's rather common in session. I would say before, somewhere from Thanksgiving to New Year's, probably four conversations in sessions about that very thing mm. and treating that. And not wanting to be around weird Uncle Tom. Because I, he, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you were going to let that go right by. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, yeah, you've been talking to some of my, my nephews and nieces. <laughs> That's what's... Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah. yeah, and it can lead to more depression and if anxiety. You healed. Yeah, I would think on the mar- on the on in marriage, you know, being able to forgive and to heal also helps a relationship grow. Well, it does. It absolutely does because there's more freedom then in Christ and more intimacy from the five cylinder intimacy engine that you can experience. And so that is really powerful. When we talk about depression, if you haven't forgiven, 
we have to remember that depression are feelings that are kept in. And those feelings are energy. There are real energy. And the illustration that I've always used in the past was my black Ford Fusion that I had, black interior. And if I like, I was so excited when I would get to a golf course, sometimes I would forget to put the windows down some or crack the sunroof so that heat would leave. When I got in that car, if I had forgotten, there was no doubt there was energy in that car. <laughs> you couldn't feel it unless it was somewhat of a wave, basically, a heat wave. You couldn't see it, but it was there. And when you're, when you're, uh, your bare skin hit that seat, you knew it was there. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And then, but here's the interesting thing. If I didn't do something about it, it didn't go away. Now, you couldn't just sit there and say, geez, I wish it wouldn't do that. Yeah. And then turn around and close your car up and sit it in the sun again next week. Yeah. And believe it or not, there are some people who would be so uncomfortable with that, but they would just live with it. Really? No. Yeah, they would sit in there going, yeah, it is hot in here. It's just like, you know, the feelings that they stuff. Yeah, it's in there. It's uncomfortable. Now what's next? Let's yeah, go moving on. on. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't, you get, you got to be able to deal with stuff. And I think you have said before to get it out in the light where Jesus is. Absolutely. Yeah. So it could be healed. All right. Let's take a peek at what happens, Tom, if I can't forgive. We're kind of talking about the dark side of forgiveness today as we turn the page and talk some about, you know, if we cannot forgive somebody, um, we're dealing, and, and I'm not trying to make light of what's going on. I'm just, I'm not just talking about, you know, the disagreement from two Christmases ago over turkey mm. or ham, you know, we could be talking about turkey, turkey. <laughs> I told you turkey. turkey. No. How many times do we have to talk about this? Tom? <laughs> I'll call your wife again. Um, we know that there are family issues that could include some sexual things. There are family issues that could include neglect or physical harm. Uh, maybe someone has done something to you right, or to right. a member of your family. And, you know, there are, this kind of stuff's in the church, too. You know, I've, I have <clears throat> seen churches split over carpet. Yeah, yeah. I was in one. Oh, my gosh. And it, except it was chairs versus pews. Okay. There were some people that their butt print was in that pew, had been there for 40 <laughs> years, and was going to be there 40 years after they're gone. This is really something that is really right. important. It, it is still there. New, New Testament is definitely chairs, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. All right. So if we cannot forgive, there are right. things that we can do to bring about healing, but there are some special challenges here. So let's kind of unpack what happens if I can't forgive. Well, if we can't forgive... Scott, for one, we want to follow the trail of that energy that's inside of us. If we don't bring it to the light, we suppress it. So it's kind of like we push it down. We've, we've probably talked about that in previous shows before. We push it down in our minds, and then it gets repressed where it gets pushed into our subconscious, and then it gets somatized. What? Oh, Tom, you're pulling out <laughs> these big words again. <laughs> okay. Our body, there's a, I want to say Greek, it might be something else. That's a translation for the word body. Okay. So it gets pushed into our body and then it begins to affect our bodies. 
one of the cells that carries it from our brains and into our bodies, as I understand it, are neuropeptides. Now that word that that I've heard before. Yeah, that's another one of those. Another one of those big Ohio State words. <laughs> <laughs> and so, anyway, it's my professional opinion that if those cells locate in the same general place, the same organ, you're going to have issues with that. Uh, thus, people who have ulcers, they might have high blood pressure, they might have heart issues. Because the depression then now is having a physical impact because you've kept it in. So how do we deal with this now? And there's one note here about practice empathy. Now, right? okay, what does that really mean if we're going to practice empathy? Well, Scott, it really must be tough because you don't get empathy. <laughs> <laughs> no. To empathize, what we're really talking about there is trying to think if we were in that person's shoes, how would they feel? Okay, I'm really going to take the dark side here now. All right, take it. Yeah, but he raped me. Yeah, and so now we're talking about some really serious stuff. And those severe things are really treatment issues that you really do want to seek help for because life can go on. Now, I don't want to minimize, I don't want to anybody out there to think we don't respect the fact that that happened to them. It's very real. It's very painful. It's very scary. However, there is still life and there's potential healing that can take place that can help them get beyond it. So, Forgiveness in healing become treatment goals for a person who has been raped and they come into session. Is empathy even possible in a situation that heavy? Well, you know, in treatment, it really should be part of it. But I'm thinking about the counselor having empathy for where the patient is. Okay. But as far as the patient having empathy for the rapist... No. Okay. I mean, at this point, that would be very difficult. Oh, absolutely. You know, when we talk about abused, it's often been said that the abused become the abuser in times. So not across the board. Right. Not 100%, but there's, there's a correlation there. So maybe there could be some empathy there. But the victim, I don't want us to have this pie-in-the-sky view where it becomes almost like Christianese or platitudes that, yeah, you can heal from it. Right. No. And, and that's why I went that way, because I know I, I didn't want to have somebody yelling at their radio going, but Scott, you don't understand. Right. You know, and I wanted to make sure that, that it's understood that we do. And in, in this time frame, our restriction, you know, we can't cover everything. But it, there's a comment you made uh, that we wanted to make sure we talk about, Tom, especially in this section, is to be able to separate the sin from the sinner. Well, and let's do that because then we're talking about the issue. We're talking about the pain. We're talking about the behavior versus the person. When we talk about the person, their defenses are going to be up right away and they're going to feel attacked and they're going to defend themselves. But if we can talk about the issue, it hurt me when I felt devastated when now we can work through that. 
And there are treatment strategies that would be helpful there. That's communication highway stuff. There we go. Yeah, it is. And it's the communication highway that we will benefit from, will grow, and relationships can feel better because of it. And so for the victim of rape or abuse, there's lots of layers of things here that we have to go through. For one, they have trust issues. I would think. Yeah. So for them to come in to the process of counseling and want to feel safe, we're not going to happen in the next 45 or 50 minutes when we get through the intake. You know, it might be the next four to eight sessions before they feel safe enough to tell them really why they're there. And it might be four months before they are really feeling comfortable to begin to unpack what really happened. Mm. So we're talking about forgiveness today on the session, and we've, we're, we've been talking about this time in terms of what if I can't forgive someone else? Let's kind of turn this one inward. We, I think we may have addressed this just in passing last week. What happens if we can't forgive ourselves? Well, yeah. Then we likely haven't received the forgiveness from Jesus. In the likelihood, and I've said this before and we've poked some fun at it, but there's truth here that we all have a relationship with ourselves. Yeah, you were referring to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, last, last session, that way it was. You're making progress this You're making, making progress. At least now I can admit it. <laughs> yeah, you're aware of it now. That's the first step. All right. Yeah, Sherry, there's hope. Oh, boy. <laughs> Why, and so when we look at that issue of the relationship you have with yourself— before whatever this thing is that causes the depression or causes the hurt, if in fact you have not been kind to yourself, I honestly, it's been my observation over my career to hear about children who were in such difficult and intense situations with their parent, one of their parents yelling at them and demeaning them and, and saying, very hurtful things to them. They internalize that inside themselves and they begin to treat themselves when things go wrong like that parent did. So now we're going to ask them to forgive themselves? That's a real issue and a challenge unless it's brought up and they begin to see and realize and they connect the dots that that's how they coped. That became their coping mechanism. Well, we might want them to cope in a different way. We might want them to realize that they truly are loved. There are people, Scott, that when we can help them realize they truly are loved by Jesus and that they are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and they begin to realize that they can do it. I have had a number of patients over the years that have done this particular treatment strategy and it's very powerful, is that they make a list. Some will do it on their phone. They voice activate it on their phone. Back then, pre-phone. Pre, pre <laughs> oh, no. Back when we were still carving on a stone tablet. <laughs> they would say those things. They would write them down. They'd either bring them into session, or they would come in with such an incredible impact that all of a sudden in black and white, they are seeing what they were saying and how they were treating themselves. 
Well, remember, in, in previous sessions and discussions, we've talked about how a thought produces a feeling. So if you're having these horrible thoughts about yourself, look at the feelings going to be associated with it. And what's that do to relationship? What's that do to performance? What's that do to depression? What's that do if you're a student? If you're an athlete? Now, you mentioned depression, so let's let's take this approach next. Okay. Can a lack of forgiveness lead to or contribute to depression? Absolutely. So it's a bit of a mind-boggler here that not everybody who can't forgive are depressed. But if you look in the context of depression and the those who are depressed— there is a direct correlation with their inability to forgive. Okay, so it can, it can it can go one way, but more likely to go the other. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the The correlation of people who are depressed that can't forgive. Well, when we look at depression as feelings and anger turn inward, they don't ha- necessarily have the inner strength to forgive because their focus is more so inside themselves. But maybe the first place where forgiveness should happen for them is them forgiving themselves. And sometimes I get that third eye in the middle of my forehead look <laughs> like, you, did you really say that? Did you mean to say it that way? Well, yeah, yeah, really. That you can forgive yourself. And that can sometimes be the opening of a, of a door to healing. Absolutely. Yeah, and you might feel different and feel relieved. So we can read Scripture. We can read that we are his beloved son or daughter. But if we don't receive it, we don't embrace it, it doesn't have the impact. Think about how we feel because we know that Jesus died for us. And as Paul said, that we are joint heirs with Jesus. Oh, that sounds really good in black and white in, in words. But what's it really mean if I receive that I'm joint heirs with Jesus? That is pretty awesome to think about. Mm. So we're dealing with some pretty powerful stuff today on the session with uh, forgiveness or the lack thereof. And, and whether it's you forgiving someone else or or forgiving yourself today, and Tom, this this literally, even though we've spent two weeks on it, is just scratching the surface. Um, let's take just a minute here, okay, as we put a bow on this to talk about what, how do we get to this state? How can we get to this place of forgiveness? Right. Well, for one, we have to own the fact that we haven't forgiven. As we said earlier, forgiveness is different for different people, but healing and forgiveness are different for different people, depending on the degree of hurt, the degree of of pain, the degree of depression, as well as the degree of the offense. They all are factors. So what we all, I think, is very important that we do is we begin to look at some people have to heal first. Some people have to forgive so they can heal. So when we talk about taking care of ourselves in terms of healing, 
we might have a whole lot of hurt to get out so that we can forgive. When we think about forgiving and we haven't healed yet, I was like, you want me to what? <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> Do you know how I feel? So they need, it would be very important for them to heal so that they can head toward forgiveness. Some people, the offense was so uh, life interrupting for them that they have to forgive. And then they feel, oh man, I, I forgave, but why don't I feel better? Right. Because you haven't worked on the hurt associated with the offense. You've forgiven it, but you haven't taken care of how you're different emotionally because you didn't. I, I don't know why, but as you're saying that, I'm sitting here thinking you've got to give yourself permission to let it out of your system. Yeah, because the person who doesn't have a, a healthy relationship with themselves really struggle right there. I deserve it. Why should I expect anything different? Because you belong to Jesus. And our God loves you just like he loved his son. And you can receive forgiveness. You can decide to let it go. Some people don't because it hurts too much. And that's where you come in. Right. In dealing with that situation. And, you know, the forgiving part, maybe it's what you need. Maybe it's it's dealing with the hurt so that you can forgive whatever avenue that is. Uh, we want to remind you that there is hope, there is healing in Jesus. And sitting down with a counselor, a Christian counselor, can be very beneficial for that. How can they start a conversation with Tom Russell? I can be Bruce at HeritageChristianCounselingMinistries.com. 